Hello and welcome to the Health People's Club podcast. We are on episode number eight. And guess who's back? <laughs> guess who's back? back? I feel like they should sing us at the Eminem song. Guess who's yeah. back? Sarah's back. <laughs> yes. Um, welcome back from holiday. How are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. I've got a little bit of a tan. Um, so I'm really happy. I had a wonderful time. And but it's lovely to be back. I missed you. I missed everyone. Oh. Yeah. Wonderful two weeks, and um, one of the one of the uh, nice things about catching up on our voice notes was I had my feet up on the balcony at Joe's parents' house, and I was surrounded by uh, little mockingbirds and and hummingbirds, which was beautiful. Yeah, that's much nicer yeah. than hearing the beeps and busyness of of London. Exactly. Um, so today we've just basically just decided that there are a couple of topics which we'd like to address. We'd like to have a little chat about things that we care about um and so we're just going to do hopefully a short podcast just reviewing some things right yeah that's exactly yeah. it cool so we've got two topics um and should i introduce them or should you no you go for it Danny. okay um you might have seen a post on my instagram about this recently but um we are going to address calories on menus and also holiday training and diets um, and I think so. It might be nice just to start by giving a bit of like an overview of what um, what the new government regulations regulate regulation. How do I say that word? Regulations. Regulations. Yeah. But I liked it. The I like the former one. We'll just we'll just say it like you say it. <laughs> I'll just make a new word. In a long day. <laughs> um, yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what the new regulations are on calories on menus? Yeah, I will indeed. So actually, this was news to me coming back. Um, I flew back on the 15th, 16th of April, and it was actually only when I was kind of flicking through the news that I saw that this had come in. So I thought it was a really good topic to do immediately with you. Um, so on the 5th of April this year, uh, so just a few weeks ago, um, the government regulations, new government regulations came in uh, to say that all food businesses with over 250 or more employees, so that includes cafes, restaurants and takeaways, have to by law reveal the calorie information on all non-prepacketed food and soft drinks now this is something that's um that's been in play in america for this while and um, it's now over here um just a caveat that you can actually ask for a menu without calories on but the, the menus that you will be given and the um stated kind of posters and stuff um which state what food there are up on the walls things like that will have that calorie information on uh, so the government uh, this government comes from the government's drive to tackle obesity and improve the nation's health in general um just a few stats for you on that currently it's estimated that the, that the nhs spends 6.1 billion per year on overweight and obesity related conditions and as of last year 2021 uh, 63% of all UK adults are classed as overweight, wow. and half of that, yeah, half of that as obese. Uh, mm. A third. This is the a really sad, a really sad stat coming in. Um, actually, a third of children leaving primary school age uh, are classed as overweight, and one in five leaving primary school age are classed as obese. And their statistics from the UK. Oh gosh, it's crazy. That's absolute madness. Um, yeah. Yeah, do you know what? I'm the same. I didn't quite know about um, this coming in. And then all of a sudden, I just saw so much on social media. I was like, wow. And obviously, yeah. did a reading and was completely shocked. But again, um, 
yeah, bringing that in and then thinking about why they're doing it. It must think it relates to COVID as well, because they were saying that like, there were loads of COVID deaths that deaths were that were yeah. linked to obesity, right? Absolutely. I was just flicking through um, a few stats earlier today, and that's exactly what popped up um, on one of the um, on one of the studies was uh, due to the different lockdowns. They, there was a graph with the different lockdowns and showing how um, how many of deaths were through obesity, through being overweight, and through health related issues. So, yeah, I do think this has come into play through from the last two years, definitely. Oh, wow. It's so interesting. It and really it's really is. sad about the um, children leaving primary school as well. I think because both of us in, in one, both of us work with kids in one way or another, um, I have kids' classes at schools, and you're obviously a teacher, you know, it, it, and I'm a stepmom as well, to, you know, my, my stepson's just come out of primary school. He's in the first year of, of secondary school. And, yeah, so that's it's scary. It's yeah. scary to think. You know, I initially got my backup, which I'll probably get back up in a second. But um, I had like, yeah, I had a few not heated discussions on the topic, but a few controversial because I think there's like sort of, yeah, two arguments to this, isn't there? Um, there I still engage in some. I wouldn't say, yeah, but actually, interesting conversations about the pros and cons have definitely got me thinking. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've had these conversations at home with my partner already. As soon as I said me and you were doing this podcast. Me and Joe had a natter about it. And we were definitely, there was definitely pros and cons. So, that, yeah. you know, we're going to go into that now, right? And then see what yeah. we can kind of dig up and talk about. Um, yeah, sure. Well, I will kick off. Um, so the positive effects of this, uh, what they hope will be the positive effects of this and the reasons for doing it. Um, one of the biggest things, and, I, you know, I, I really do believe this, that not a lot of people are privy to the kind of knowledge and information that maybe we are, maybe you guys out there are. Not everyone is clued up about how many calories are actually in what they're eating. Um, I think we all know, you know, if you're going to go and get a McDonald's, you're basically, you are clued up on the fact that that's going to be fairly calorific. It might not have, you know, that many nutrients in it. You're not going to get much goodness from that meal. But we pretty much know that. But it was other things that were exposed as what people thought were um, lower calorie or healthier options. Um, a couple of examples being um, some of the Wagamama dishes. I don't know if anyone's ever had a katsu curry and gyozas, which are really damn tasty. Um, but there's 1,225 calories in that meal. And when they did a bit of a study and they were chatting to people, that was people's go-to for, you know, a healthy option yeah. uh, without really knowing the calorie content. We're going to get into nutrition, by the way, in a little bit. Don't be thinking I'm just going to talk, we're just going to talk calories here. This is just for this, this, this part. Um, equally, uh, certain salads in some restaurants, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to keep throwing McDonald's under the bus, but I probably will. Um, but yeah, salads, you know, like the dressings in McDonald's were really highly calorific as well. Um, so I think that with with restaurants, with people going into fast food restaurants, maybe it's a good idea to have those calorie contents on there so that you really do know exactly how many calories you're getting, especially if you're someone that doesn't move around a lot as well, so you don't have that neat energy expenditure. Um, and also, um, the other kind of positive, and hopefully what might happen, restaurants will kind of not have anywhere to hide when it comes to how much saturated fat and sugar that they add in to their, you know, as ingredients into their foods, because, you know, probably now and you know, definitely in some places, there's a lot of hidden nasties in that food that maybe don't need to be there and maybe might cost them a little bit more to take them out and change up the menus a little bit. So maybe having these calories on there and people maybe boycotting their, their establishments maybe or stopping eating there 
because of a high calorie content might make them rethink the ingredients in the meals, make them a little bit healthier. Yeah. Yeah, that were, they were the points that were coming across um, in the other side of the argument when I was chatting to people as well. Mm -hmm. um, there was quite a lot of like people, this was another interesting one, in the fitness industry that were, that were like, actually, I do track and it just makes my life easier because mm -hmm. I am trying to achieve a certain body composition or weight or whatever it is. And they're like, I won't need to then try and figure out what, what the calorie content is if I'm if I am tracking yeah so that's like a whole different I suppose a whole different conversation in that like if you are someone who is tracking for whatever reason not that that's something I might advocate but yeah then people were saying also that yeah. that was that was helpful for them yeah yeah exactly I think um just quickly on the other side of that just in case it doesn't come up um yeah somebody else I was speaking to said the only kind of issue with that is especially in restaurants when a chef is working away popping ingredients in sometimes it's not going to be the exact amount that's on that menu it's like am I going to you know one day it might be a teaspoon of butter next day it might be a couple of tablespoons you know it yeah, just depends who's cooking your meal so I, th I think it's important to say that you know this is yeah yeah this is you know it can be quite general so it doesn't need to be it's not always going to be exact yeah sure all right, can I go for it? You go for it. My moment. Oh, here she goes. I am fuming. Prepare yourself, people. <laughs> I swear, I'm going to go full mank. I am so mad. Um, yeah, I disagree. I think it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. I really do. I'm really, really annoyed that this has come into play. I just mm -hmm. think that, you know, I see it in schools. There's already so many people with disordered eating habits already and so much anxiety around what people are eating. You know, I have students, um, I, I've seen students who will skip lunch because they don't want to be seen eating because they don't want to put food in their mouth in front of others. They'll starve themselves at lunch because, you know, they're obsessed with looking a certain way and um, maybe fitting a stereotype that, yeah, they should they should be um, occupying a small space or whatever it is. Um, and I just think that I, I appreciate that there's there's an obesity pandemic and it is a problem. And yes, there is a lot of people who are not aware of like what they're eating. But I think it's it takes us back to this idea that people are then going to start labeling foods again, good or bad. Oh, yes. Naturally, it's like food is just food. It is it's it's just fuel. We don't need to give it a label. Amen to that. Uh, so that like makes me really mad. And also like just I think it's really unhealthy to be constantly be consciously trying to think about what you're going to eat and make a decision based on the number of cal cal calories mm -hmm. that um, a food has, especially if it's like in a restaurant. And that might be like, you know, every now and then. But to be able to just go and enjoy a meal is is more about that emotional side and the connection and the bonding and spending time with people rather than it is about what you're actually eating mm -hmm. and um, I'm going to be really honest and this is something I've massively struggled with um, to the point where I think it's broken down relationships for me I think it's got in the way of me attending social events um, going on holidays like it's it's just played such a huge part of my life that I'm still I'm still working on like I'm a lot better but you know I remember I yeah I I would 
be analyzing a menu before I'd even go to a restaurant. So if I was going to go out, I'd already know before I went there what was going to have because I would have looked at the menu already and I probably already calculated the approximate amount of calories and what else I was going to eat that day. And I just think that we, especially as adults, have a responsibility mm-hmm. to be role modeling good good habits around food and if we're going to restaurants with our families, our friends, our young peoples, and the other people see that we are feeling all caught up about the numbers um, and the calories that are in the food, it's just going to be a knock-on effect. And I don't actually think that it will combat obesity because what people will do is then just go and secretly eat at home and they'll probably be so hungry that they'll have a massive binge. And rather than eating 1,200 calories, they'll probably eat 2,000. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's 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 been proven by the way in the US. It's another study I was reading. Oh, I've spent the week reading studies since I've been back. Um, that was has been proven in the US. It's made a teeny tiny uh, uh, effect. It's had a teeny tiny effect percentage wise. Um, mm. and I totally agree. I, you know, can't imagine anything worse than taking you know my nieces, nephews, stepson, whoever, kids into a restaurant and us all looking at the menu and then choosing what they want to eat because of the yeah. numbers next to the food. That's not, you know, I, yeah, I want you to be, we're yes. here because we're enjoying an experience together. We're here because, you know, socializing, food, all the stuff that goes around that, you know, that's whole. That's the whole part of the enjoyment. We're, you know, we're doing this as a family and it should be fun. It shouldn't be, I'm counting every calorie. Yeah, and although like the awareness of, of it is, it could be beneficial, I think that there is that. Um, actually like is a calorie a calorie and mm-hmm. so there's so much more to it i mean um yeah if you're trying to lose a certain amount of body fat or whatever then to a degree yes calories matter yeah. like fine but if i am suggesting that someone eats um a dough like a donut it might be less calories than yeah. i know avocado exactly. doesn't mean that the donut is the better option and I think that people will just refuse that because they'll be like oh well it must be because and Mm -hmm. I think like what is what's lacking is it doesn't actually educate people it's like what the smaller society does to us all the time let's put us all in a bracket let's give us all a number and treat us like we're not actually emotional humans like there's much more to us than just being a number in this world yeah, and, um, treat, and treat us like we're all uneducated as well, because that's what it is. You're not educate, like you said, you're not educating people. You're saying that the only measure of nutrition is a calorie. And calorie. it's absolutely not. Like you need to learn the nutritional value of what's going in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 sad. And I it's sad. I'm angry. Um, I'm worried, but it's also made me more passionate to maybe share a bit more of my story, but obviously because I'm still like um, sort of work in progress as yeah. we all are. Um, I'm maybe not there yet, but at some point I think I will. I think we'll we'll have a full podcast on it to to share and just so that people fully understand what it is to go through um, having sort of like maybe a bit of a disordered habit and relationship with food um, and the impacts yeah. that that can cause. But it's, yeah, so it's made me passionate about maybe sharing my story and even more determined to educate it in schools I mean you know that's I can do that in, in one school and like there's not loads of kids so it's really hard but I hope that if any of you out there are have anything to do with schools or maybe you're just a, a parent who's really interested in the, on the, in this then please like raise this as an important topic and reach out to Sarah or I maybe we can come in and and yeah run a run a course to um, support the education 
Absolutely. One of them would be, you know, one of the most important topics to get out there right now, especially for, you know, for teenagers and kids. And absolutely, I'd be 100% keen yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, I think as well, on that note, it might be helpful, you know, to go over maybe a couple of things that people can do to lower the risk of those negative effects. If you are someone that either um, has been in the past or is, is, you know, currently struggling with an eating disorder, or you just struggle with making food choices um, because you're still, you know, working out your path to healthy eating. Mm. Um, I think there's a few kinds of uh, things, tips, tricks we can look at to kind of help you once you walk into that environment. Um, one of the first ones I'll start with is um, if you're going to go and eat out with people, involve those people, especially if they're a close friend, um, to help you kind of voice your feelings about, okay, I'm going to be going into this place, there's going to be calories on the menu. I might find it a little bit difficult. Um, and then, you know, they know that. So when you go in, they know how to handle you. You know, if you start freaking out, we need to jump up and leave or, um, you know, or you just need a little bit of help reading through that menu. Just give them a heads up. That's what friends are there for, right? Yeah, and be, and I think also be really honest. I think some people can maybe feel uncomfortable about having that conversation around the table. So maybe, yeah, yeah be brave and, and set those boundaries. And, you know, it might be that it's in a group chat or something. You might just mm-hmm. say, look, girls, can we have no mention of the calories on the bloody menu tomorrow? Can we can just we, ask, yes. You know, can we just go out and enjoy it without having to talk about that? Let's, you know, have that kind of discussion yeah. so people know already that the conversation around the table is going to be way more interesting than just the number brilliant of calories on the plate or even messaging on the whatsapp group and asking one of the mates to go in first and, and already ask for the non-calorie specific oh, menus yes. can you please make sure they're on the table when we go in but you could do that over your booking i bet you yeah. can bet you can oh let, let's look into that actually and check that you can and if not then we'll kick off and say they have to do that <laughs> yeah for sure definitely um i think the other one um that I just wanted to go over was, um, yeah, thinking about when you're, you know, when you're sitting and you are looking at the menu, um, I don't know, you can tell me whether this is helpful or, or not, Celeste, but it was, it's kind of looking at what you're going to eat um, as, you know, is it going to help me recover from maybe what I'm going through with, um, with my eating at the moment? Uh, or is it going to be, you know, that safe choice or is it going to be that unsafe choice? So if I'm looking at the menu, um, what kind of eyes do I go in with this? Even if I'm not looking at the calories, um, am I going to choose something that I know might be scare me a little bit because maybe it's got more calories in it or it's it's it seems to be, you know, something I wouldn't usually choose? Would that be kind of a recovery? Uh, would that be like the recovery path to choosing the food rather than, you know, the, the small salad that maybe the safe part of you wants to quickly grab? Hmm. Could you go in thinking, try and get that mindset so you're kind of um, owning it yourself? Yeah, I think certainly if you're already on that sort of pathway to healing, I think that's a little bit um, easier to do. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think everyone's going to have to sort of figure out what works for them. Everyone's going to be experiencing it. But I think it's definitely something that, I mean, that should be a priority, right, to yeah. make you healthier. Mm-hmm. But it's having that understanding of like what is healthier to you. Yeah. So is being healthier is not going to equate to weighing less for example Mm -hmm. or it might do for some people but for a lot of people it won't being healthier actually might be being fully nourished making sure you've got all your macro micronutrients having a wholesome meal that's going to keep you full for longer Mm -hmm. um does it have enough fiber in it and all those kind of things um yeah so i think i think having that mindset ahead of time is is yeah probably really 
really beneficial, really helpful. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think we'll just quickly look over as well. Do we think uh, this? Do we think these regulations are going to work? We've gone over pros and cons, and uh, bigger than that, I think we need to look at what other steps should the government be taking. This is just one tiny step. I mean, they're just touching the surface with this. If they really want to help, you know, the entire nation get healthier, you know, then what else do they need to do? I mean, for me, um, I'm going to just jump in and say that I really feel like providing kind of cheap or free exercise spots. Um, for those, especially those that can't afford to go to the gym and kind of look at this in a more holistic approach, you know, there's, there's you know, going to be lots of barriers for people who, you know, have gained weight. There's lots of barriers in life. Maybe that's education. You know, that's something that we need to hit on, not just eat less calories, you know, let's educate. Also, let's educate in the fact that, you know, you need to move your body in whatever way that might be. And the other thing is, you know, if you don't have access to anywhere to move your body, like, how can you find that? How can you get that for cheap or free? I mean, this is what I feel like the government need to be. This is the bigger picture. You know what, as well? Sorry, did I butt in? No, I was done. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think, like, it's got to be a preventative measure rather than a cure. It's like we've got to this point and all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, this percentage of people are obese or overweight and now we're going to do something about it. So this needs to be preventative, which means that I want to be targeting people who are, not necessarily in their target category. Um, I used to work many, many years ago um, for the council and I used to run um, workshops on healthy eating. Um, I, can't, I can't remember the name, but basically I would go in and I would do this whole education program and the whole family would come. I love and that. Yeah, we do like the first hour would be all nutrition and we'd have like little diaries and we'd have to fill things in. And it was it was very good. You know, we were fo focused on like eating whole foods and trying mm -hmm. to understand like how to read a food label, um, recognizing what a macronutrient and a micronutrient is. So it was really educational. And then the second half was the whole family, usually like, you know, mom or dad or care or whatever, plus the, the young children and often their siblings um, would then stay to do exercise together. And the program was brilliant, but it was such a shame because in order for the kids to get on this program, they had to have a BMI over a certain amount. So they'd only come through to get this knowledge when it was way, well, not, I will say too late. Obviously it was always beneficial that they were getting this education as, as, a, um, as a kid. I actually did my dissertation on the whole program when at university. Um, I should dig it out and probably read it. I don't, I don't even know if the, the course is still running. I should probably check, but it was funded by the NHS. And I mean, there were lots on the course I didn't agree with as well, but the the aim of the course was great it's just that it was a cure rather than prevention yeah yeah, yeah. exactly and, and and this is what always happens it allows it to get to a certain point where it's a cure and it's like no we should be this should be from day dot you know mm. i want i want kids and parents to learn this from day dot that's exactly it i mean for me you know especially with there's there's probably a lot of kids that come from households which you know the parents are particularly educated maybe in what they should be eating so you know that then obviously knocks on to what the kids are eating and um, so they're just not getting those nutrients in them. you know there's there's this is where the schools could come in this is where government funding could come in like, like you were saying get the kids and the parents in together they could have work after school workshops fitness camps but as a family so yeah. you know, they're doing this together they go home they talk about it you know oh mum how cool was that let's make that recipe that they suggested tomorrow night or at the weekend can we do that walk that they that, that we did with them again you know for that that for me that let's start that as early as possible yeah yeah for sure yeah oh um, i think that kind of caps it what do you think yeah. 
the yeah. calories and menus. So I think you probably get the sense of consensus that uh, Sarah and I agree that there are pros and cons you've heard from both sides, um, but there's a lot more to a calorie than what the government are maybe making out. And there's so much more that you can do. And honestly, like if you are struggling and you just want someone to chat to, or you're not sure how to navigate this, then please, please, please reach out to us because we will do our best to help you. Like I'm not a qualified nutritionist, um, but I do think I've got personal experience and I might be able to help somewhat, or if nothing else, like I can listen um, and guide. So yeah, please do. Absolutely. And same here. And also, you know, we do have contacts if, if a nutritionist was something or, mm. you know, a specialist was something that somebody needed. We do have contacts as well that we can pass on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Okay. Topic two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one that we care about loads. I think, again, this is one that I think we've spoken about on our multiple walks. Um, but yeah, holiday training and diet. Uh, gosh, this is this is a long one, isn't it? I don't even know where to start, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll do what, you know, we'll do a kind of shortened version. And if, you know, especially if we get responses that we anyone wants more in depth, we could do a whole, whole full podcast on it. All right, yeah. Yeah, should we, should we do that? Yeah. Um, it's a good one as well, because Celeste and I, both of us, we didn't go on holiday together, but we have just both got back from holiday. I went to, um, I went to LA los angeles finally um it's taken years because of covid but i finally got to go over and meet my partner's family and some friends i hadn't met yet um and it was absolutely amazing so i was in la uh for two weeks and it was fantastic and celeste where were you darling uh i went to norway um and yeah it was a brilliant 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 trip i i'm a bit of a sun queen so initially i was a bit reluctant like, i was like oh norway should i it's going to be cold. Um, but no, it was it was fantastic. I'm really glad that I went out of my comfort zone and um, yeah, did tons of tons and tons of um, hikes. And yeah, it was brilliant. But we'll, we'll, we'll delve in. Um, so what do you think that the struggles are for people with holiday training and diet? What do we think? So I think it's really important. The first one is whenever I've had conversations with people, they always say, oh, you know, my friends weren't very happy with me on holiday because I wanted to walk every day or I wanted to find a gym or they wanted to booze every day and I didn't. So I think um, it's so important to say that we all enjoy holidaying differently and that's okay. Like, your holiday's your holiday. It's yours. You go and do what makes you happy. I know how I like to holiday. I know how I like to feel on holiday. I know the things that I love to do that make me super happy on holiday and that might not be the same as the person next to me and that's okay so I think that's a big thing it's like do what makes you happy your other people's version of enjoyment might be different that's all good yeah yeah a hundred is I love that yeah I I couldn't agree more um and I suppose do you think that comes down to maybe some prior holiday planning as well like I know for me I kind of already um knew to an extent um, and I think we're maybe, I think our holiday experience recently is slightly different for various reasons. But in, you know, in going to Norway, because it required, um, I only had a short amount of days and I wanted to do a certain hikes. And so the planning was kind of required to make sure that, that the hikes could be fitted in within the, the time that we were there. Um, and also, I knew that the hikes were going to be really strenuous. 
So when I was thinking about like, you know, normally I might be like, oh yeah, it'd be great to go to a drop in at a gym or um, do a bit of training, go for a run. I knew that that really wasn't much of a consideration for me on this trip because yeah, I knew that I was just going to be active all the time. So yeah, it didn't have to, I wasn't, I wasn't panicked or worried that I um, had to like go for a run as well. But I think sometimes people can feel like that that they should still have to follow like their whole training structure and plan, mm. even if their holiday is like, going to be like really active. Yeah. And I, I think holidays should be used. That's another one of the points we're going to go over is that holidays are a great chance to experience new activities. You know, that's the whole point of a holiday that like, be outdoors more. If you're holiday, you know, if you're somewhere like Norway and you've got that kind of hiking, my goodness, give me that every day rather than trying to reach, you know, search for a gym or something. So I think mm. that's really important is make the most of, the kind of outdoors and make the most of what you've got at that destination right yeah yeah and then I think um I suppose some people will say like oh yeah but then if I don't do that then I'll come back and I won't feel as good like what what should we do I don't understand what can we do to like help people with that yeah I think that it's kind of getting in the mindset that you know your holiday mode you know should be different that's the whole point of your day-to-day mode back at home and, but I do think that, I mean, I know from my holiday experience, just the one just been on, Joe, my partner, and I found, you know, a CrossFit gym that was lo- kind of local to where we were staying at his parents because we know that, you know, some mornings we do want to get up and we want to go and do a session. And that's not just because we have to stick to our training. We have a training plan. We didn't do any of that. We rocked up to random classes, met lovely random people. Uh, I got coached, which was amazing. And I got to drop in and do nothing apart from having to be told what to do for now and I loved it I really loved going to classes and just we didn't know the programming before so yeah it was for me actually that there we go that was a little bit out of my comfort zone because usually I have a program I follow every day I know what's going to be happening the next day and uh, we also didn't plan exactly what days we played it by ear so it's kind of there's you know what you were saying about how it doesn't have to be as structured as home but your training's still there it's still you're moving your body you know, I think we went about, we were there for two weeks. We went three or four times for each of the weeks and it was perfect, but we just didn't allow that to overtake other plans. So, you know, when we were going to Disneyland, I didn't get up and, you know, go to a class before Disneyland. I got up, put my Minnie Mouse ears on and got really excited about Disneyland in the morning. <laughs> and the same as we knew we were going to the beach one of the days and we'd be playing baseball on the beach. And I was like, oh, I don't need to go to the gym before that. I'm just going to get up, have breakfast, get excited for the beach. So it's definitely trying to think, okay, I'm going to get some movement in and I'm going to get the movement in I love. You know, I do. I love picking up the barbell. I love, you know, you know, a bit of cardio, a bit of barbell, all of that CrossFit type stuff. Um, so I did throw that into the mix, but it didn't take over. Yeah. 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 So just sort of, I suppose it's like, yeah, compromise, prioritizing. And like you say, when you're at home, maybe it is a priority to get up in the morning and um yeah get your body moving straight away but when you're on holiday having just a bit more flexibility yeah or compromise is is a good one for you know I know I did say about everyone enjoying their holidays you know differently but I think as well if you're on holiday you know for example I was staying with my partner's family you know I didn't want to every single morning be like right I'm out of here I'm going to the gym you know it was really enjoyable to sit out with his dad in the morning and have a coffee on the balcony and that was really heartwarming and it was really special so it was way more special and heartwarming than it would have been to go and do a workout. Yeah, and it's really important to be present in those moments and appreciate them mm-hmm. rather than being like, I should be at the gym now. Oh, yes, I know. 
completely. Really loved this is such a nice experience. Yeah. And, you know, I'm so glad I didn't rush off to the gym. This is, I'm getting so much more from this. Oh, that's, yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah. So nice. Um, and we also, we also mentioned about like sleep and rest as well. And I think I've certainly, again, been guilty in the past, but um, just knowing that also you can slow down a bit. You can slow down if you feel like you want to, and that will bring you joy and happiness. Yes, exactly. Um, getting lots of rest and getting enough sleep um that will contribute I think also to making you come back and feeling revitalized I think generally like when people go away and they've they come back and they're like I'm completely exhausted it's kind of like they've holidayed and kept everything that they're normally doing at home as well and having the combination actually probably leads to them yeah being absolutely exhausted so it's like they're responding to the work emails they're still training they're doing all the daytime activities they're having a few drinks in the evening and then all of that adds up because they've they've not actually taken a step back just to also um yeah incorporate sleep and a bit of rest absolutely it's like you've taken your london stress and you've just moved it to another country taken it with you in your suitcase unpacked it and gone all right let's yeah. do this let's <laughs> rubble you here <laughs> <laughs> I'm, stressed. I'm stressed in the sunshine <laughs> i think that's such a solid point you just made of you know it's enjoy you know enjoy yourself don't try and add more and more and more it's not that's not what it's about yeah and what, um and then food as well i think this can also be difficult for people um in terms of like navigating what they eat on holiday and i've had it before like, when training people and they're like oh but i know i'm gonna go away and i'll put it all back on or you know what that kind of mentality um but with that i kind of like just relax just relax just enjoy if you want to trial new food and and yeah just intuitively eat, like it is fine to go on holiday and eat a bit more than you normally would yes. don't worry it's okay and I think the biggest thing I say to my clients and anyone who asks me you know generally how do you come back personally how do I come back from holiday feeling good it's I do I just I try to number one completely relax number two eat whatever food I want to eat but I move my body and mm -hmm. in any way that you know is suitable for my surroundings it might be hiking it might be you know it might be swimming it might be it might be a little bit of gym it might be a run but yeah it, you know even if it's just kind of taking walks whatever but I move enough to make me feel good I think if you always have in your head do what makes me feel good yeah. generally you might make better choices than if you didn't have that in your head anyway so it's yeah. like what will make me feel good well probably eating a decent amount of greens will benefit you feeling good in a, uh, the right amount of protein it's going to be good same for you you know keeping your diet balanced and varied but absolutely not restricting it yeah you know yeah and and just making sure you know as well if you are somebody that you know you feel better when you move and you add green stuff into your diet but you go away for two weeks to Ibiza, for example, um, and you drink your body weight every single day and you eat chips every day, you're going to come back feeling pretty naff. You just are. But, you know, that's a, if you don't mind that, cool. But if, you know, you're going to spend a month crying, then don't do it. Yeah. And also, just know that. Sometimes it's like, I, I potentially am going to Ibiza in the summer as well, but it's like, I know if I go, I might feel a little bit ropey when I get back for a couple mm -hmm. of days. Just know that you're going to have a few couple of days. And when you get back, take a couple of days to actually rest and recover. Yeah. Don't get back and then be like, oh, well, you know, punishment now because I've had a couple of days yeah. that 
I've been I've been on a bit of a blowout and I've had loads of drink and it's like you're gonna need to recover from that yeah you're not gonna be able to be normal you 100% let's go the moment you get back yeah but yeah I, I, I think kind of you know to, to round up on that obviously yeah we all enjoy holiday differently do what makes you happy that's a big one you know we're not all the same um, and yeah, whatever that might be. And if you, you know, do want to come back feeling good, then, you know, make some of the right choices, but also completely enjoy yourself while you're there. Yeah. 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 Yes. And, and sleep. I love that we always chef about sleep. Oh, yeah. I, I, had, I had a nap this afternoon, so I'm, I'm all about that. <laughs> and it's seven o'clock and I'm about to put my pajamas on. <laughs> I've, got, I've got jet lag. What's your excuse? I think we can wrap up there, can't yeah. we? I think I we've think, done well for timings for once. Yes. Yeah. I think the main point is like on either of these topics, like Sarah and I, we care so much. So this is not a plug today for anybody else. If you want help or you want support, mm -hmm. then please reach out to either one of us on our Instagram, I suppose, is the best. That's the best way usually, isn't it? Yeah. What's your Instagram handle, Sarah? Sarah underscore CF for CrossFit underscore coach. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to add that to the show notes. I don't know if it's on there. Yeah, add it. I don't think mine is either. <laughs> add them on. Yeah. Add them on. Yeah. yeah, to reiterate what Celeste said, do get in touch just to chat about anything or, you know, like we said, not always experts in every single field, but we can hopefully be helpful with some stuff, even if it's just a matter. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for listening. And just um, on the back of that, if you are enjoying the podcast or like you, think this uh, conversation will be valuable for someone else please 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 share please like um sarah and i are, like finding our own bits of time to fit this podcast in but we would love to make it grow um and to keep yeah producing more and more and, and hopefully get to a point where we're recording more than sort of one every couple of weeks so yeah thank you for your support we really appreciate it we do okay. <laughs> all right sarah i'll chat to you in a second i'm just going to stop recording okay all right, bye. Thanks, bye -bye. everybody. Bye. Thanks, bye.